0: Morning and welcome back to Hope Wednesday. I am Elisa Flakes, the host and facilitator of Light of Hope and of our Hope Wednesdays. I'm so excited to see you all back. I know it's been some time. We've been running some promotions for our family boot camp, but we're back and we are here, and it is 2:25. Three Already, we are in chapter two, and so I know that this year is going to get ahead of us, so we have to really jump on it and be purposeful and decide what it is we want to deliver to you, our audience, and our community this year. This year, I've purposed to celebrate the goodness of God in giving us parents and also looking at a segment of the things parents go through, the role of the parent, and using God as our premier parent, our father, so that we might know how to benefit best from the role of parents. So this segment, again, is called Dear Parents. So one thing I want you to know and one thing I want you to remember is that we start conversations. We may not begin, um, we may not be able to end conversations, but we begin conversations. And with that, you can take that information and further process it. This is a psychoeducation platform where we integrate our faith. So this is not therapy, but it is something to get you on the road to examining. Before I go any further, let's pray. Dear Lord, I thank you for an opportunity to just share your word. We thank you because the entrance of your word brings light, and that light allows us to have hope, and when we have hope, we are not ashamed, and we're able to endure the things that we have to endure. Bless us this day. Bless the listener. Bless me. Bless us all that we might see you in your glory and be able to live the life that you died for us to have. Amen, amen, and amen, in Jesus' name, amen. All right, so I'm a little off course here. I've got a lot of things going on. We took a little uh, break for the holiday so that we can be in the moment and refuel and reset. And so this is our first segment back, and I feel like this is something that is so important because when you look at the state of our world, our world, I say, because we're all experiencing um, the things that are happening in this world, such as violence, such as sex trafficking, such as role confusion, broken homes, the reidentification of the nucleus family, financial hardship, eggs, y'all. We need eggs. Gas has gone up and it's kind of leveled out, but now we're searching for eggs and food is so high. It's higher than giraffe ears. So we are just um, in a situation where things around us are pretty much changing at a rapid rate and it doesn't seem to be changing favorably. But one thing I want to encourage us is, is that God changes not he saw this season as a parent and as a God to us. He knew that we would be able to um, endure this. So we have to go back. I want to roll back the tape a little bit so that we can understand our origin, our purpose, the the magnificent role of parents, because as I stated, God is our model. He is our parent. He is our anchor, and we want to be able to understand His idea for parenthood, so that we're able to endure all that I just stated that is going on in the world. We need an anchor. We need a parent. We need support. And so with drawing nigh to God and understanding God, we will be able to endure everything that is happening in our world in 2023 and beyond. You heard me, 2023 and beyond. If we understand um, the role of our parents, the role of our parent God, that's going to help us to get through it. There's a saying, and it says, the unexamined life is not worth living. The unexamined life is not living worth living. And we'd be surprised at how many people are just on automatic pilot, living their lives from day to day, and not really trying to understand life the purpose, the reason, the why, what's going on, why is the economy going this way, why is there so much crime, why is there so much sexual perversion, what is going on? Some people just complain about it, but they never slow down and get to the assessment, the examination of life. And that quote states that if you don't examine your life, the unexamined life is not worth living. You're just not going to be able to enjoy it. You're not going to be able to be fulfilled because you won't understand it. The law of polarity would make that um, statement lean in this direction. The examined life is worth living. So the opposite is true. If you examine your life, it will be worth living. Now you're asking me, how do I examine my life? Well, You have to have something to look at. You know, they look at it through a microscope when they're looking at germs or through the x-ray. They have a machine whereby they're able to look closely at what is going on. In order to look at what is closely going on, we have to be able to look through the lens of God's Word. God has a a premier view of what is going on and how things should be going on, but we have chosen in many occasions to look through the lens of social media, to look through the lens of the newscasters, to look to through the lens of our particular pastor or preacher only. And what we must do is begin to examine our lives through the lens of God because that, because that is what makes our lives worth living. Many times it's difficult to examine because that's a process of slowing down after you find the Word of God and after you find the lens um, to which you're supposed to look at your life. You have to begin to steady yourself. We're living in a stressful environment where most people are moving at such a rapid rate that they don't know how to slow down. Even among people who are proclaiming that they are Christians and they are stating that they're in constant contact with God, the rate of our environment can get us caught up And we can just be full. Our minds can be full when we should be mindful, meaning in the moment, being able to be where we're at, being able to just observe what's going on in life, being calm enough to observe what's going on in life, and being able to make a righteous assessment. The Word of God declares, be still and know that I am God. Now, it's funny because... The first part is the clue, be still. For some of us, that's difficult. I'm going to be honest. I'm a busy person. My mind runs fast. I usually talk fast. I have to slow it down on purpose. Um, I live in California. Traffic, things are going fast, you know, we have a up tempo. We pride ourselves in multitasking, but what we're really doing is just distracting ourselves and we are not mindful. We're not still. The Bible calls it still still psychology calls it mindful but we are not still we are not present we're not aware of what we're thinking what we're feeling what's going on in our external world because we're just we're just our brains are like rush hour LA traffic and New York traffic, sirens and and horns going off, and we're planning for dinner, and we're planning for our next event, and we, we're planning for school projects, and planning for dinner, and planning for church events. We're so busy that it is difficult to be still. This is a challenge. I want to challenge you this year, starting in this segment, to slow down. That means turning some notifications off that means purpose purposing in your mind to just dedicate time to listening to podcasts or to the Word of God or to whatever you desire without scrolling and scrolling because that's an anxious activity and our brains are becoming hardwired to not pay attention. And the beauty in paying attention and slowing it down is that God is experienced in slow time and island time. Maybe that's why I love Hawaii so much because the temple the temple you all the temple is just so wonderful it's so peaceful the weather the waves okay i'm back i have to stay here because i'm easy i can easily step away and go back to my special place in my mind but again that still place it has to be created and for some of us we grew up in homes that were busy we grew up in homes that were stressful and chaotic and traumatic which further agitated our autonomic nervous system, which caused us to be in a hypervigilant state and an alerted state where we're constantly looking and watching and not at rest. God is calling us into rest. If we're going to learn of Him and if we're going to take His yoke upon us and if we're going to examine our lives and just and just be able to understand why we are not fulfilled and why there's so much chaos and why there's so much destruction, it's going to take slowing it down. It's going to take slowing it down. There is a saying... That the devil is in the details. Well, details require that you slow things down. And for some people, you don't want to slow it down because you don't like sitting with the reality of your emotional experience. You're keeping yourself busy to, busy to quiet that noise that is telling you that there is an issue. There is a problem. Something is making you sad. You need something. You need something to stop. You need to resolve a painful issue or a painful memory. And so you keep yourself busy. And it's kind of like the la, 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 la of everyday mundane events and and assignments so that you can drown up the noise of your past, your pain, and just the things that you don't want to deal with. I encourage you to be courageous and start the process of mindfulness, being where you're at. There's many things you can do to get started. There's breathing techniques, following your breath, breathing in with your nose, exhaling. And they have advanced breathing techniques. They have apps, they have things on YouTube, and there are many ways that you can learn about breathing. Because breathing grounds you, it settles you, it just kind of resets you and allows your autonomic nervous system to take five. You know, because some of our systems have been just running in danger and stress and chaos, but the breathing connects you to your relationship with God, the sacredness. God is asking us to breathe breathe and to live and to have our beings, but we have to breathe knowing that He is the one that gives us sacred breath. Have you ever ran and, you know, noticed that your breathing changed because you're tired and because, you know, you're, your body is not used to it and you're gasping? That means that you're out of breath and you're out of oxygen and, and you need to replace that oxygen. Some of you are breathing fast. Some of you are holding your breath through experiences. Some of you are not even aware of your breathing cycles. If you're going to be able to examine your life, you're going to have to be able to begin to examine your breathing pattern. Begin to assess the state of your body, you know, as your heart beating fast, Is there is your stomach and knots, Is your chest heavy? Is your head swimming and hurting? Do you feel like you're floating? Those are all signs that you are not in a rested state. And so we want to get you to the place where you can be still. Because again, you cannot examine if you're not still. And if you're going to be successful and live that life that God died for us to have, you're going to have to be still. It takes the ability to tap into your Prefrontal cortex, which is your university where you're able to plan, reason, understand, access spiritual truths and get logic. That's where it happens, you all. So I'm just admonishing and encouraging you to take into consideration how important it is to get a breathing technique and to purposefully, um, and purposefully look at changing your life in the form of slowing it down and being still being still it's the only way that we're going to know that he is god it's the it's the clue it's the it's the hack it's the life hack the enemy would have us to wander and to run and to stay in a state of distress where we're not resting and digesting and we are in our Uh, just in our nervous system so depleted. That's his job to keep us with like running like chickens with our heads cut off. But if we ever be still, if we ever be still, we are going to be intelligent people. Our churches need us to be still. We have so many people that just relish in the fact that they go to church and there's loud noise and there's jumping and there's shouting and there's running and there's music. And I love to praise the Lord. I am the Flojo of shouting. I can run around the church, but I know that I need to do that intelligently. And I need to do that with both my mind and my emotions in cooperation. What happens in many of our churches of color is that we are emotionally driven and we are just in a state of just erratic emotional expression. And it is almost as if it is therapeutic because we're getting our dopamine drip, which is a pleasure motivator chemical so that we can cope with what we're dealing with. And we get that good feeling and that motivation to continue on, but we only get it when we're being emotional, and the challenge is as we leave the church, we don't have the knowledge of God that brings light, that brings hope, and we're not able to examine our lives and apply the hope to the areas of our lives that feel helpless and hopeless. We have to begin to encourage people in our environments and in our churches, specifically our Pentecostal African-American churches, to be still and know that He is God. And I'm not saying you have to sit quietly throughout the whole service, but as the Scripture reflects, there's a time to, to die. There's a time to live. There's a time to rejoice. There's a time to weep. There's a time to dance. It's not the whole service because you have to be able to get those words of life. You have to be able to calm down, calm that nervous system down, and know that I'm in an eating state. I'm in a rested and digesting state. I can hear the word of God, and I can begin to know who my God is so that I can know how I'm supposed to be living, and know that I have a God who's watching over me, and know that God has a plan. For my whole life. He is a real good father. He is our parent of parents, and he, there is um, no deficiency in him. Many times we miss his abilities because we don't know him.